What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe, located in inner southeast Portland. This spot offers free music on a weekly basis, as well as other monthly events. Every Sunday from noon to 2, you can catch DJs spinning vinyl and local beat makers curating tunes to go along with their delicious cocktails and brunch menu. They've got this banging breakfast sandwich, and aside from the free tunes and the weekend brunch, they've also got a solid lunch and dinner menu throughout the week. And now that it's fall and winter is approaching, Produce Row has their patio covered and heated throughout these rainy months. So if you're feeling stuck inside, this is a great place to come catch some tunes, grab some drinks, and eat some food. Link for Produce Row Cafe will be in the episode notes. Now let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from, share the podcast with a friend, comment on a social media post. Any of that stuff seems to uh, tap in and uh, just help boost the signal of this thing and breaking through those algorithms. And I've also been dropping some monthly playlists on Apple and Spotify every first of the month. So the October one is there. November one on the way. 
links for those things will be in the episode notes excited to get into episode 331 dgh daniel g Harmon, seattle-based area musician producer songwriter is back on the podcast i met this guy a couple years back through some mutual friends and i've been keeping up with him ever since and he had told me about this project that he was working on called unspoken ghost volume one which is available now on all the streaming platforms and this dude has been making music for a long time and has explored a lot of different genres through his discography and different projects that he's been involved with. And this collection of tunes is just another extension and exploration of wanting to lean into some different worlds. Unspoken Ghost Volume 1 is this instrumental experience that I've really been enjoying as of late. I've been spending a lot of time listening to it in the morning and i wanted to chat with dan about the record because i was into the tunes but also because i know that it was created in a few different spaces some by choice and some by circumstance so we're going to get into all of that on this week's episode of the podcast a couple things before we get into the chat number one i'm going on tour next week i leave november 1st heading out on a tour managing gig for Isabeau Waiu Walker. Super stoked and grateful to have this opportunity to spend time with Isabeau on the road. She's one of my favorite singer-songwriters, and it's going to be very cool to get to watch her do her thing every night. We'll be on the road for about 10 days, lots of California dates, so check it out. We're going to be in Boise on November 2nd at Neurolux. Some very cool venues along the way on this tour super pumped for the uh, joshua tree show on november 6th with natalie klosner from joseph she'll also be joining isabeau on the bill in los angeles at the hotel cafe the following night so there's two nights with natalie which that's going to be such a, a fun part of the run getting to go Back to Ojai, California, a place where I spent a lot of my childhood and uh, teenage years. So I'm excited to get back there. It's going to be rad. So tell a friend if you know anyone in these areas and they need a singer-songwriter to pull at their heartstrings for a bit. Come out to a show. Come say hi. I'll be at the merch booth. And if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, my Dan Cable Presents Holidays Party is going down on Thursday, December 15th. And Mississippi Pizza, that place has been super supportive of me since starting to book shows and doing the podcast. Great people. So I wanted to do it over there this year. It's the fifth annual holidays party lineup to be announced. And lastly, if you're local to the Portland area, I'm doing a weekly spot on Kink FM 101.9 every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. I will be plugging a local PDX artist and playing one of their tracks. This is a super rad opportunity if you live in the area and you feel like your music fits in the zeitgeist of music that would be cool for the radio. Please email me, dancablepresents at gmail.com or hit me with a DM on Instagram. Appreciate you all listening. If you're new to the show, go back, check out some previous conversations every week in conversation with uh, an artist of all genres and if you dig this particular chat with daniel g Harmon, 
and you didn't hear our first one, go back and, and check that out. You can get some more uh, context and kind of information about his music history. And if you're looking just for a good entry point into this thing and uh, it feels overwhelming because there's 331 episodes, go back to the Pete Yorn episode. It's episode 301. Maybe start there. That's it's definitely one of my favorite chats from this recent year and was a a pretty monumental one for the podcast so appreciate everyone checking this thing out and we're gonna get into episode 331 with daniel g Harmon. all the links for daniel g Harmon will be in the episode notes we're kicking this one off with a track from that unspoken ghost volume one collection of tunes it's called a prime target for anarchy Let's do the damn thing. Excited to uh, to catch up with you. It's been it's been a little while, and um, I don't remember if you had like. I guess you can uh, you know provide the context for this unspoken ghost volume one uh, EP collection of tunes that you put out not too long ago. But I can't remember if you told me about this like before your injury and you had started on this, or if this was kind of like a part of uh what you did while you have been like rehabbing and and dealing with this injury so 
first of all, set the stage. What what happened <laughs> to you? <laughs> it might have been a little bit of both because I can't remember the last time we talked in an official capacity, but I was recording songs uh, on the, the OP1 little synthesizer that I have. Um, yeah. So I would. My goal was to record one a song on every flight. And during the beginning of the year, I started traveling again. And um, so I had about nine songs that I had, like, recorded at least four tracks for. So my goal was, like, for those that don't know what the OP-1 is, it's just a little synthesizer, four-track recorder, drum machine that allows you to, and also sampler, you can sample stuff. Um, It has a little microphone in it. So I was recording... My goal was to record and finish a song on the OP-1, get it dumped into Logic, like, on every flight. What was your knowledge of the OP-1, <laughs> like, before purchasing one? Like, what sparked your your interest in getting one? Yeah, I, um, well, A, they're really cool looking. <laughs> uh, B, I work with a lot of people who who use it and do, like, YouTube tutorials about them. Um, which was great. And we also here in Seattle have an awesome little synthesizer shop. It's not little, um, it's great. It's called, uh, patchworks and they have have one there. I've fucked around there. Um, and let, let me be clear. I barely scratched the surface of what this thing can do, you know, (laughs) which is pretty much the most of how, how most things I own are, you know, guitars, (laughs) uh, logic keyboards, you know, uh, but no, I was like, well, this sounds fun and and you can kind of do anything on it. And I was just kind of getting sick of, you know, watching movies and reading while I was on, on planes. I was like, this might be a fun little uh, thing to take along. So, uh, you know, my knowledge even now is barely better than it was when I first got it, you know, like how to record, <laughs> how to draw, like dump things out. And then you're, you know, that's pretty much it. Uh, but it's fun. I, I, so I recorded, you know, nine ish songs, uh, the words mostly just kind of sketches. And then I just shelved them on, in my hard drive and was like, I don't know when I'll do anything with these. They're definitely different than my usual stuff, you know, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, did you, did you find that there was like, that it forced like some different types of creativity just because of like the, the time parameter you were putting on yourself? Cause I was like, I would imagine not all of these flights are the same length. So it's like, you're going to have more time on certain tracks. Like, did you find that to be challenging or something that kind of like made each track kind of cool in some way because you didn't have like the same amount of time to work on each. I think kind of a little bit of all of those things, you know, there were certain things where I was like, Oh, if I'm going to San Francisco, you know, I know I have to get rocking as soon as I take off, you know? And, (laughs) and, uh, but when I came back from London in March, I had 10 hours to kind of write a song and I had dumped it into logic like halfway through that flight and I started building it out in logic, you know? So, um, it was, it was just a different kind of challenge. And I think it's good for myself to set parameters because especially, and you can probably relate to this with just having so much technology and like any sort of keyboard sound or guitar sound or plug in you could possibly want at your fingertips at any time 
becomes overwhelming. And for yeah. me, I freeze. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, shit, uh, I'm going to stare at uh, all of my reverb options for the next 45 minutes instead of actually making <laughs> using yeah. a reverb, you know. It's the the doom scrolling effect of like trying to find something to watch on on a streaming service. It's like uh, I'm actually like there's way too much here, so I'm probably actually just gonna waste like 45 minutes to an hour just kind of going through things and then still being pretty unsatisfied by the end of picking something. Oh yeah, half of my like stoniness from the couch television watching is watching the menu of Netflix. (laughs) That's its own show. Like we should do a show called Dan and Dan watch, try to watch Netflix. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. We just eat like a 10 ouncer and fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Uh, Did you find that that like really made your time on airplanes go by really quickly? Like, did you, did you enjoy how you were filling your time? Yeah, it was awesome, especially on the times when I would like fly, you know, with my wife and she'd be like, hey, check this out. You know, like I just because I, it's it's really cool. It, it, it's rare for me as a songwriter to, you know, pick up the guitar or open a keyboard and, and not already have an idea. So it's mm. it's really great to open this thing up erase the previous thing and just start from scratch. And that was just really fun because, you know, I, I've always liked like tapping out like rhythms and stuff. And with that, it just becomes really intuitive. you like, you open a drum kit and you can just make a beat and then you can just record it, you know? So yeah, it was really fun. And then I just kind of was like, well, what am I going to do with these things? Um, I didn't have any, anything else really except for maybe some of the lo-fi collaborations that I've been doing over the last couple of years where it was a similar kind of vibe. Yeah. So luckily life sorted that out for me (laughs) or unluckily, uh, on June 3rd, I had a little spill. Uh, I was coming out of my wife's, uh, family's house for my birthday dinner and, uh, it was raining and I slipped down a little step, uh, it was, just, it was like four stairs, but I only made it down the first one, and my left foot went out, and my right foot caught all the way to my body. And I think I sent you some pictures, but it basically was like, you know, my tibia, my fibula, and a bone in my ankle were completely broken, and my leg was flopping. And anyway, so <laughs> I, went, I went to the hospital, Brutal. had surgery on my birthday, had a rod installed in my leg, and five screws and a plate. And so I was then had to get all my friends lifted me up into our house and up the stairs and up to our bedroom where I lived for a month. Yeah. And so about day four, (laughs) I was like, well, this is stupid. I'm all I do is like watch baseball and, you know, our sleeping habit patterns are different because, you know, I'd sleep and then be up and then my wife would be sleeping, you know? So I was like, I asked her to go grab a little MIDI keyboard for me. And so I did, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just take a look at what I've done over the last six months. I cracked them open and kind of got to work and, um, yeah, spent a lot of time just getting stoned or watching baseball and, like, making, building these songs up, rearranging the parts. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say that at least one, usually two tracks from the original sessions on each song made it into the final songs. But yeah, it was great. You know, I didn't have, I say great, but you know, I didn't, um, 
I'm usually a guitar player and a singer, uh, and I couldn't do those things. So I like playing keyboard. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but that's part of the fun of it. So uh, I I chopped up a lot of those songs and rearranged them and built them out, and it was all... There were some of them that I had fucked around with maybe like in March or something where I'd ha- I'd added some guitar and maybe I, I know I added some of the MPC f- on one of the songs. So there were a few songs that had some, you know, organic stuff in there that I'd done. But for the most part, you know, those songs were all built out horizontally <laughs> while yeah. I was in bed. Uh, yeah. And so that, so, uh, you know, along uh, with making the music, you got the baseball on in the background, and so that's where some of these these fun song <laughs> titles come come from, like Jesse Winker's "Seeing a Lot of Pitches," which that's a I love that track. That's a that's Thanks, a very man. cool one. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's probably one of my favorite tracks on the record. Like that that's some that's something I'd throw in like a DJ set, like no doubt. It's just got it's got some bounce to it that I feel like I have never heard come out of like one of your productions and because of like i don't want to say this is like super i don't know it's pretty like chill in in nature like the the whole thing but it's it's definitely not to me like just like some study beats either like it's it's a little bit different to me so i think that like that particular track stands out just because it is the one that's like very upbeat from the others and it's like this nice curveball in there you know nicely done by the way yeah thanks appreciate that you know i'm I'm a few hundred episodes deep into this thing and every once in a while i'm trying to put a zinger in there i'm trying to throw some heat (laughs) throw a heater or a curveball (laughs) but no i just thought that that was like a fun change in pace from the record and maybe like something since it's placed a little deeper on the on the back half of it you know, you gave me something to settle into and then you hit it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Sequencing has always been super important to me. And oftentimes I'll be like, where the fuck is this going to sit? You know? And I think that that tucked in towards the, you know, later half of it is a good spot for it. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, the title is really funny because I, I, I really kind of fell in love with Jesse Winker during like the, the angels, Mariner's kerfuffle that happened where he yeah. went in swinging and, and kind of defending Julio and uh, you know he may not be a Mariner for very long but it was a fun summer fun summer watching him play <laughs> it was uh, definitely got me through some rough parts specifically with instrumental music it's not always the case but i I think song titling can be something that is maybe 
more fun or can be maybe a little more creative at times and it's just like i now have you know just from you talking about having baseball on a lot during this process like there's context for something like slept through the bottom of the seventh because you know you're probably just kind of like like you're saying your sleep patterns are kind of fucked up you're probably falling asleep at odd times during the day and waking up at weird times and yeah you're just like and also typical of a baseball game right it's a long game if you're watching that whole thing somewhere in there you're taking a fucking nap yeah you know and that song title came up from that that's when I learned that. Um, and I guess I just had never watched enough baseball games where it goes extra innings, but that's where I learned that they put a, a runner on second, uh, in extra yes. innings to kind of kick things off. And I kept waking up and being like, have I fucking slept through this? Like, why is there <laughs> always a dude? On? Do I stop? Do I like fall asleep? Uh, you know, every time the, that switches over and there's just like always a dude on second, you know, I was like losing my mind. And so I like had to Google it. It's like, why is there a base runner on second all the time? And they're like, it was a rule change, I guess, you know, I, I'm not, yeah. that, I'm not as deep stats guy. Like I like baseball cause it's fun to watch <laughs> as the most boring sport. Uh, but it, you know, to me it's fun. It's entertaining. And, and, um, it was fun seeing the Mariners do well, but I don't know like the big rules you know yeah so. that's only like a thing of the last couple seasons i think so the, too yeah. to accelerate the, the the extra innings so they don't last as long so right. it's a uh, i don't know i don't know how like the baseball heads feel about it you know i'm not like i like baseball to the degree of maybe you're talking about yeah. i think it's like nice background noise too to have on it's nostalgic for me too you know it's i don't know if you you know i grew up with it on at like my grandparents house or something you know so it has that feel of you know yeah nostalgia to it uh for sure but yeah it, 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 i think that i don't think baseball heads really like it and also there was like a shift rule that happened around that time too that i don't oh think yeah stoked on yeah yeah that's a that's a whole other weird thing where they're just like not allowing the shift and then the pitch clock comes in next season yep. Yeah, and then now they're doing the like communications between between the pitcher and the catcher with the little yeah. walkie-talkie or I don't know how they do yeah, it. Yeah, people are stealing too many signs. Yeah, it's, they're stealing too many signs. Fucking man. Astros, <laughs> they ruined it for find that being able to make the music while you're laid up was just like a very important part of your recovery because like this is kind of a devastating injury to suffer where it like affects I don't know you said that happened June 3rd so you're talking about like five months Mm -hmm. till now where you just kind of like retired your crutches (laughs) and your brace and shit so it's like and I'm sure you still have like some some repercussions of the injury to like deal with so that's got to be like hard when it really affects your day to day. I'm sure it affected a lot of your like your summer travel plans and things you had on the books. And so, yeah, what was that experience like for you and how important was it to have like this creative outlet to kind of help you pass the time? Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, it was you know, it was rough. We were supposed to go to it was obviously on my birthday. I had my 
you know, surgery was on my birthday. We were supposed to go to New York the following week for my birthday. Um, we were going to go to Europe this fall for our anniversary, five year anniversary. That all kind of got shelved. Um, and it was really hard for my wife, you know, because she instantly had to be thrust into this caregiver role that right. was not expected. And for me, all I had to do was kind of focus on healing, you know, and which is boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so working on music was really, really helpful for me. And I, as fucked up as it was and as much pain as it was and as hard as it was for my wife, there's a lot that I think back on it as like, it was kind of a beautiful time because all I had to do was focus on getting better and working on what became a record. I didn't even know what I was going to do with it at that point, but it was, it was kind of nice in a weird way. You know, I don't miss it. I would never do it again, but it was like my job was get up, eat some food and work on music, which was nice. And it was also kind of going back to a thing that you asked earlier. Um, there's a lot of electronic music or, you know, instrumental or ambient music that, you know, is like, like a note, <laughs> you know, it's just like, like you said, study beats or just something. It's kind of boring, you know, and yeah. I, as someone that I feel like, you know, I, I have a pretty decent sense of melody, uh, vocally, you know, on guitar or on keyboard, I want, since I was, had to remove a couple of those aspects, I wanted to create these songs that had a melody that flowed through it. That was actually maybe had hooks and could, people could latch onto versus just like, Oh, I'm putting it on, you know, in the background. So that was really important to me because anyone could just sit there and like make a drum loop and then play like a pad over it, you know, for sure. Yeah, I don't even I don't think study beats or, you know, whatever you want to call them are are bad, no. but they can be like I think they serve a purpose mm-hmm. for sure, but I think that when I was I listened to this record a lot today, The Unspoken Ghost Volume 1, while I was kind of like doing things around the house, but also like giving it the front to back in the headphones and, you know, just kind of listening to it in a lot of different ways, but I did kind of like feel like I could engage with it maybe a little bit differently. And like, there were those like hooks that like kept kind of like coming back instrumentally that like kind of grounded some things. But did you have like, I don't know. I know you made this like at various times, obviously different flights. And then you came back to it to like, refine everything add production while you're you're laid up and going through your recovery but like did you have some sort of like concept in mind that like to tie these things together or did you like was it easy for you to identify out of the batch of tunes that you kind of had to work on like what made sense together and like what the feel was i think once i had you know two or three kind of getting close I was like oh this could be a thing that and just that idea inspired me to dig deeper and work on the other tracks I think there's two or three songs that were just too rough um that didn't make the cut uh 
and that's okay. You know, I, I like that I was able to kind of edit those out. I've already started working on the next volume. All of the basic tracks are done. So now all I have to do is, and I, they, they all have like guests on them. So now I actually have to start get the hard part is break I'll break my other leg and then I can lay, start doing the arrangement for for that one. I'm sure your wife would love that if you yes. broke your other leg. Sorry yeah. babe. Um there goes our winter. Do you find that there's like a common thread in like what eventually got put together? Yeah, like, I do. Even and even though me, there wasn't like a conscious thing to like create something cohesive necessarily. Yeah, it didn't really start out as you know, these songs have to flow together. In fact, there was one song, I can't remember which one it was, where Ryan um, Leva, who mixed it, was like, this one doesn't necessarily really work. So for the record, and we tried some things, and there were actually two songs. The closer is one of them, um, where we slowed it down. We like cut it in half. The, the higher tempo version didn't really work. And so we, I slowed it down and then sent it back to Ryan and, um, it actually opened things up a lot and allowed me to be like, Oh, there's there, here's a different idea. I want to add an instrument to it or something. So it, you, for me, when I'm, when I start working on a record, I'm very much working on the record, you know? So I, once I started the process of it, uh, I was in it and I was like, I'm not a person that, and that's why the original batch of recordings was so kind of naggy at me of like, what am I going to do with these things that I have? Mm. They're pretty cool. I'm, I'm a person that like, once I start, once I get a sniff of something, I have to get, get, get it done. So it was, I was stoked, had a couple songs kind of in the bag and that really inspired me to kind of continue and, and see what else I had in there. And it was exciting. Like, I was like, oh, shit, there's another one that I haven't looked at in a minute. Let, let's go back to that one. Or one that I looked at a few hours ago, but seems like days, you know? Because um, I was just in this, like, medicated, weird headspace. And I think that might yeah. come through a little bit, too. <laughs> well, I love knowing that, like, so much of these initial ideas came from sitting on a plane. Because I feel like the opening track, when she opens the door and I'm reborn, like, very much has this like taking off vibe to it or like a great launching point for like what is to come in the the rest of the project for sure oh well thank you so much man yeah the title of that one too is like um literally day five my wife finally opened the door of our bedroom and like fresh air came in and it it was like life-giving to me you know (laughs) um so that was all very real. But thank you, man. Like, I spend a lot of time thinking about sequencing of songs. And oftentimes when I'm recording a record, I start getting mixes back. I'll create several different playlists with just like different sequences and uh, just cycle through them over and over and over again. And this is the one that I stuck with. And, and I think it works. Uh, I think the album flows really well. Um, yeah, agreed. It's uh, It feels like... I don't know. It feels like a front to back experience, which is always uh, a cool thing, especially when you can do it in a condensed amount of time. You know, like if you got 20 minutes, you can you can kind of crush this thing. Yeah. I I always wanted it to be an experience versus like a collection of songs, you know, like on shuffle. (laughs) Like I'm not a shuffler. And so that's why, (laughs) you know, sequencing is really super important. Like I want to 
you know, this is how I'd want to listen to it as a, as not me, you know. somebody that's you know definitely has written a lot of lyrics and sang a lot of tunes over the years is it difficult or like what do you appreciate about the challenge of expressing emotion through the music without some sort of vocal narrative um it wasn't difficult you know it, it was nice to to shut up and not have, I hate it. I, my least favorite thing is writing lyrics. And so I'm, I feel like I'm good at writing melody, but then oftentimes, you know, if you listen to like my voice notes or something, it'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll like space it out. I'll write it out and actually try to fill the words into those like syllabic spaces. I think that's a word. Um, so it was nice not have to having to worry about that. Like I can just focus on the melody and the parts and not feel like I have to come back and like, you know, write lyrics to it, which, um, you know, I could have been, you know, have these songs and said, all right, you know, when I'm out of bed in a month, I'm going to go record vocals for them. But that just wasn't, uh, it just didn't work out that way. And I really never even had that thought so it worked out well and i'm stoked on uh i'm i'm really i really have a lot of love for for this record and that's hard to say like you know oftentimes i'll be like all right this is done i move on what's next and i am kind of like what's next but what's next is a continuation of this which i'm excited about so how important is it for you to like be able to pass the songs to somebody else when you feel like you've gotten them to the point like is kind of as far as they can go on your ends like having somebody else to maybe mix it or having the the extra set of ears because i guess like i don't know so many producers like in this lane of things end up mixing on their own too and i feel like you have to you have to have like some of those skills to yeah. maybe like get things where they need to be but um yeah what's the importance for you of having like another person to pass it off to huge uh, yeah, I, I do a couple different projects. Um, I do a thing called Lake Elsewhere with my buddy Harry in the UK and I'll mix that stuff. Um, just cause that's, that's fun for me. And the songs happen so quickly and it becomes so fresh. It's still kind of exciting to mix them. But for this, I was like, I need another set of ears cause I wanted them to be something special. And I knew that Ryan could take them to a place that I couldn't you know, the old thing is like band should never mix their own records. Right. I stick to that a lot because fresh ears are super important. Sometimes, like I said, I'll mix my own things, but those are things that we want to get out and done quickly. Uh, little kind of snapshots of time, but something like this, I was like, I definitely need a professional to a 
make sure a lot of it was since this was kind of a new genre of music for me to do so many songs in. I also wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything like, okay, is there enough low frequency in this? Is the bass, you know, enough to carry through the whole song, that kind of stuff that I just, my ears couldn't tell me at that point. So it was really important to, to give them to Ryan and, and not only maybe have him add some stuff, but come back with the idea of like, let's slow this one down, that kind of stuff that I never would have thought of on my own. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall of over 200 bottles. The fall and winter months are upon us and North 45 has a rotating cocktail menu to keep you warm throughout the rainy and cold season. The rosemary garlic fries are my go-to item on the food menu. The fry sauce is absolutely lights out and their kitchen staff is always getting creative with daily food specials. Aside from it being a great neighborhood bar for food and drinks, they've got one of the best patios in the city, which is heated and covered. The patio has a ton of TVs, so you can watch all your favorite sports. And on Sundays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., they've got local DJs spinning jams, curating the music, both on the patio and inside the bar. So come through for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode. When you were creating this music, since there is no lyrics or like vocals to think about or worry about, did you, uh, I don't know, did you write this music with like some visuals in mind? Not necessarily that you wanted to like, like reproduce like some sort of video, but like, or like, I don't know, did, were you thinking about things in your like head? Like, could you visualize certain things or was that like not really an element of the the creating no i wish i i wish i did but no it was mostly just very focused on you know the screen <laughs> and and the the cover of it is actually my view for all of june it was like the windows out of outside our bedroom and so i i, I love that because it's like this is exactly what i looked at the whole time <laughs> I, I made this you know yeah but no um and i think that maybe i'm not you know, I didn't already have the Spotify canvases imagined, you know, like what's the epic, you know, YouTube video for each song. I, I don't have that kind of uh, talent or vision. I don't think I was just very much focused on like what's in my headphones in, in front of me right now. Um, for sure. I wish I had a, a cooler answer, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's an uncool <laughs> answer. I'm just kind of like, I guess I'm always just like genuinely curious with people 
that are making instrumental music. And I know you have the experience of doing both. So, you know, do, do you feel like it's tapping into something much different or does it feel relatively the same? It definitely feels different. Um, and in a good way, I think like I'll, I'll collaborate with a lot of people where, where I'll be like, Oh yeah, I I'll just sing along there. or I'll do a, a vocal harmony there. And that's its own thing. And that's great. But this was just a special thing, you know, where I thought, okay, maybe I can try to do something where like, if I hear a melody in my head, figure out how to play it, but not sing it. And it was just, uh, it was just really fun. And I, it, it, it challenged me. I think it kind of, it made me a better musician, at, at least a better composer and arranger than I was mm, before. Yeah. Cause I, like I said, oftentimes with this type of shit, like there's, there's a big plane going overhead. Um, there's a lot of just like looping and stuff that the sounds where the sounds just stay consistent. And I wanted there to be a change. I wanted it to be like, like super melodic. So I focused a lot on that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's cool that, I don't know, you kind of like explore this thing that seems like it will significantly like impact your creative process moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And it it kind of already has. Um, Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's just really fun. And and it's, and it's just so, so nice to not feel like I am the guitar guy all the time, you know? Yeah. Not, not just to like be able to share with other people, but for myself, you know, not everything has to be born um, or finished on the guitar uh, or, or through a microphone which is kind of yeah. exciting for me. It takes all the, takes all the bumpers off the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no, that's always like exciting when you like find a new way to do something that you love to do. Cause even something, you know, like playing guitar or like whatever your go-to thing is can feel exhausting at some point, you know, just like, I don't know, I play, I play hockey regularly. I played like goalie all my life and I love playing goalie but I've always like wanted to skate out and shoot and yeah. score some goals too. So I've kind of like done that in the like last year of my life. And it's like made hockey so much more exciting and challenging and in like all these new ways. And also now that I like do that every once in a while, when I go back to playing goalie, I have like this different appreciation oh, yeah. for it. Cause like yeah. I, I miss it, you know, like I have the opportunity to miss it a little bit and yeah, it's just like a completely different experience. You're seeing the the rink from a different angle. Com- Absolutely. Completely, yeah. literally different yeah. angle. So that's awesome. Man. That is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know, did you feel like you, because um, c- c- that's how I feel with, with guitar. I feel like I'm never going to get better. I'm where I'm at, you know, and I'm okay with that, but it's fun to do something else because maybe I can get to that level that with that thing, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. No, I, f- I think I feel that like, yeah, there's definitely a ceiling to my skill point as like a, a 37 year old person trying to play <laughs> ice hockey <laughs> at this point, yeah, you know, yeah. don't break your leg. Don't break your leg. <laughs> <laughs> you've done like a ton of, you know, you've talked about collaboration, but you've done like a ton of that. I feel like these last few years, especially, do you feel like you're you're like learning a lot from each of those experiences and like taking whatever 
like you're learning either like technique wise or like from a songwriting point of view and just like bringing that in to the the next thing that you're doing yeah i think first and foremost i'm learning to how to collaborate with people you know because i think in the early days of doing it years ago i would i would get my feelings hurt or just be like well that's my idea um that's all i got you know (laughs) fuck you i'm not like that anymore nothing's gonna hurt my feelings and if someone's like redo this great but I also give that same sort of respect back to them of like, I think you got a better one in you. You know, that's kind yeah. of the producer uh, recording engineer to some level that I claim to be where, you know, you have to be comfortable saying like, not in a shitty way, but like you can do better, you know, let's try another one, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then from the, the chops kind of perspective. Yeah. Like I'm learning a ton about, how to engineer better or, you know, trimming the fat or using the, you know, less plugins or, or whatever, all the things we were just you know talking about, you know, it's made me so much better as a musician. And, and, um, you know, I've always kind of envied the, um, you know, blur kind of blurs like my favorite band. And one of the best things about them is you can like put on a blur record and every song is like a different radio station, you know? Mm. Um, and that's kind of how my playlist is now on, on Spotify. <laughs> and I kind of like that, you know, knowing that I can kind of do anything, I think it makes, makes you more, uh, valuable f- for, you know, first off it, to, to work with any type of artist. Um, obviously there's some exceptions, but, um, yeah. And it's made me a a better player. I think it's dialed in my ear, you know, a lot, a lot more than it had in the past. Cause you know, especially going into the pandemic, I was playing in a punk punk band and stuff, but that kind of fizzled. Um, but you mostly just listen to yourself, (laughs) right? If you're a bedroom musician or, or, or someone, especially during the pandemic that's recording records at home, you're really just kind of listening to yourself all day and, and you don't have any ideas there. You can't bounce ideas off yourself anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And your cat and your dogs and your wife aren't going to necessarily help, you know? Um, (laughs) So, and that's no disrespect. I'm just saying like, it's, it's nice to be able to have other people to work with and bounce things off of and that bring things in that you never would have thought of. Yeah, I dig that uh, that ultimatums track that you did with Hush Child oh, thanks, not man. too long ago, and that's a that's an instrumental track. Ish, yeah. For the most I'm still part, in there being doing squeaky, you know. I, yeah, st- Will is like such an incredible uh, producer that you know. Oftentimes, I'll send him stuff, and and that's a good example of where he took my vocals and turned it into a synth, and then played like a melody with that, uh, yeah. versus there actually being a vocal stuff w- with lyrics. Um, yeah, I love that song, and I, man, I love that kid so much. He's just the best. Uh, was that process in any way similar to how you made Unspoken Ghosts, or is that even a completely different thing? Because it feels like it's it's somewhat in the same like realm of things and timeline too, you know, uh, unspoken was done, you know, pretty much early February. And then I was back in the studio and or not February in June. And then I was back and able to like move around and play guitar and stuff in 
July and Will and I started that song, started the process of it back when I was in London and saw him in March. We were like, let's do another song together. And yeah, I, th I think it's impossible for stuff that you're working on to not tie into other stuff around that same time. Right. Yeah. I've always thought about like that. If I like record a demo or write, sing, a, do a voice memo, I always think about, or even with lyrics, if you're writing lyrics down or just random thoughts, Doug Marsh style or whatever, throwing them into a bucket, um, they have to be related, you know? And that's, that's like completely out of your control because if you are within a timeline of like a month or something, all the same shit's happening in your life, whether you're spilling it out as lyrics or, you know, a guitar thing, it all kind of ties together. I think that's just kind of the magic of the universe. So, uh, kind of went off on a weird tangent, but yeah, the unspoken was done. We, st I started doing like heavy stuff for, um, ultimatums and yeah, they, you know, I think there definitely has a similar kind of feel to it. Clearly, uh, Will is just a, an exceptional producer. Um, that was able just to make something really beautiful with, he sent me an idea, I sent stuff back, he mixed it, and then he sent sent it back for like another pass or something. And yeah, it just, uh, it worked out. And that's a really special, special song to me, especially for, that came out this year. So thank you. Yeah, man, it's a good jam. And then the Hey Ya yeah cover. <laughs> the Hey Ya yeah cover took me by surprise in like a good way. Because I feel like this could have been like cheesy as fuck. Oh, like, dude, I was like, it, there was a lot of room for for Ooh. error on like, because you're, you're like, I don't know. This is like a classic at this point. Yeah. Right. This is a, a song that like the general... Like even if you're not a music head, you know this song. It's a, it's like a pop classic at this point. Shake it like a board picture is basically part of. <laughs> it's probably in the dictionary. As, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is a, a Lake Elsewhere track that you did, and like what what do you take away from like reproducing a classic from like this, and like what do you what do you learn from doing something like this? First and foremost, I learned that that song is sad as fuck, even though I've heard it 97,000 times, you know, I had no idea it was that sad, dude. I didn't either. So your version, your version yeah. made me see that. Thank you. Good. That's all I asked for. But like those <laughs> lyrics are just so depressing. Uh, Harry, I think was when I was, you know, Harry Seaton, pretty much my, you know, musical right arm right now. We, we do Lake Elsewhere together. We, our first song we did together was, um, um, never going to give you up. And that was really fun. And then we'll alternate months of like originals and covers. He was like, dude, I did. Hey, uh, a couple years ago as like a looping video on TikTok and Instagram. And I really want to do it. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, in my man, my mind, I was like, Oh God, 
This is this could go many, many ways. And he sent it to me and I hadn't I didn't crack. It took me forever to crack it. And then I opened it up and I was like, holy shit, this is like a whole different thing. You know, to me, it nods to the original. I added the little synth lead once in there that it's so known for. But it takes the strength of that of his melody and lyrics and I think puts a completely different, you know, spin on it. Um, I'm very stoked with how with how it turned out. Um, and man, what a what a dark fucking song. It's like kind of like Third Eye right? Blind, right? <laughs> you and I have talked about Third Eye Blind. And one of the things that I yeah. love about like, <laughs> like first record is, you know, Stephen Jenkins ability to fucking take really poppy tunes and underlie mm-hmm. or interweave really dark lyrics. And this is like what they did t- to the extreme, you know? Um, but we just brought it back home to darkness. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is dark as shit, man. It's so depressing to me. I don't know. But Yeah, dude. The, the production on it's really cool though you, you all did a oh, thank you a real cool job on it like i think it could have been even you know even like what is up top if it would have been kind of just that vibe the whole way through it could have been cool it might have got a little repetitive but sure. then like as the production develops and you know the drums kind of drop in it that's like when it starts to like dive a little deeper down the the darker t- like it complements the darker tones of the song well, thanks, for sure man. thank you yeah it's only been out for a few days and i'm just i'm stoked to have it out there you know it's one of those songs where i finished it and i was like oh fuck like i want this out right now um because <laughs> i was just so excited about it and now that it's out i'm just like i'm very very happy very happy with it so thank you signal of it and get it to yeah. Andre and, and Big Boy, you know? That's the thing. I mean, hopefully it'll get picked up for some sync licensing or something, because it definitely, to me, adds that, like, kind of vibe to it, you know? But we'll see. You know, just, it, to me, I'm, like, somewhat of a workhorse when it comes to this shit, and I'm like, all right, on to the next thing, you know? And and that's one thing that's kind of beautiful about the world we live in with, with music is that, you know, I don't have to a record cycle isn't just a a week of like promotion and then it's dead, you know, stuff can take off years from now. So just let the world do its thing. Absolutely. Let the world do its thing. Yeah. Do you find that you're 
it's like really also helpful to your own songwriting when you spend time working on other people's music like does it help bridge gaps in any way of you know just kind of the possibilities of where you can take something if you're stuck somewhere or just like things you didn't really ever think of before it it definitely takes some of the kind of fear away of you know being stuck and if you are stuck you i know now that i have the ability to you know lean on other people to help get me through some ideas or um know also that I don't necessarily have to worry about it right now because at some point I might figure something else out later. I think you and I've chatted in the past about for me with like the, a lot of the lo-fi collaborations, like what I've done with Hush Child and uh, a few other artists all start as like voice notes that I recorded years ago on, mm-hmm. on my phone that to me, a voice note is like the perfect example of how a song is meant to be it's not polished right but it's just like captures that energy and the ability to loop that back into a a new thing to revisit it but not like re-record it is really cool i think you know um and god bless lo-fi i guess like that's a thing that's (laughs) been able to showcase a lot i think a lot of people's original ideas that would have just been buried in the cloud you know, for a long time. And you, uh, you titled this record unspoken ghost volume one. Mm-hmm. So do you have already plans or like tracks that are very much like in the works for a volume two? I had, yeah, I had to stop. I, um, I have about eight songs that now I just have to start doing the hard work of, which is kind of rearranging and chopping up. But, um, yeah, all of the basics are, are tracked. Uh, every single song is going to have a, a featured artist or collaborator on it. So that's exciting. Most of those I've gotten back. And yeah, it's just really a matter now of finding the time to do it. Right now, I'm focused on <laughs> doing our holiday song, which my buddy Jason and I do every year. Um, so this year we're doing we're recording two songs. We're going in the studio uh, next weekend to do those. So once I'm I'm really kind of crappy with when it comes to learning other people's music. So those are always, especially for Christmas songs, those are always <laughs> take a lot of bandwidth for me. So right now those are my focus, but after that's done, I'm digging back into the instrumental stuff. So I'm stoked. I'm very excited. My goal is after volume two to press, to smash them both together and press vinyl. Cause I've never had a record on vinyl. And as you can see, I I'm a huge vinyl yeah, guys. that would be that would be a cool thing to have for sure. And I think that the that type of music like is great on vinyl. You know, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's uh, something you can kind of like. Yep, yeah, you can throw on with your coffee or like your evening cocktail. That that late night joint, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, I, th- I, th- I say though, you go next level with this baseball shit and you dive even deeper. And I know it's a, it's a little bit of ways. You got to wait till like springtime for baseball to come back. But I think you need to like take the OP or like the laptop to the ballpark. Ooh. Craft songs right there. That's not a bad idea. Atmosphere. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Um, also, Dan and Dan's uh, doom scrolling adventure <laughs> coming with it. Coming to a Spotify uh, podcast channel yeah. near you. <laughs> my, 
my new after uh having done some touring this this year my new concept for like a very short podcast series like a a five to 15 minute bit is um what i lost on tour like i just want to talk to people about things they've lost on tour because i feel like it's nearly impossible like if you're doing more than two weeks you're gonna lose something whether that is it's such small a good idea. or oh, big so i'm working keys, on that wives yeah. <laughs> relationships socks yes <laughs> absolutely any of it is fair game oh dude that's so great that is so great. <laughs> Uh, I want to play the tr- the uh, the episode out with "Try Your Best Not to Blink." Please do. Thank you so much. Off the Unspoken Ghosts Volume One, you can find it on uh, on all the things, and it sounds like you know eventually there'll be hopefully a vinyl for for this particular volume paired with uh, another one. So that to look forward to. But also, if you're you're new to the the Daniel G. Harmon world, there is uh, no shortage of music to check out <laughs> it from is this deep dude. And wide. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can travel Excellent. back and you can gain some more context if you want to go back to our uh, our initial episode. It was uh, probably. I don't know, man. It's got to be like a year and a half ago, like two years ago. It was like right at the beginning of the pandemic, which is strange. And then we did the face-to-face, Don't Turn Away. We did the face-to-face. That's available too, so check that out. That was like very fun and brought back my love for that band and made me me do the yeah made me do the deep dive i i own it on vinyl now because of that that podcast so thank you very much (laughs) and uh yeah we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if we could get the dgh it's a program we can properly uh sail this episode out man i think i was waiting for a shirt though are you still waiting for a shirt? Oh, so maybe man. you'll have to have me back to record that. No, I'm happy to. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm still waiting. Are still you still waiting, waiting for a shirt? <laughs> okay, it's coming. It's coming this week. Uh, Undoubtedly. And on we're that getting, note. We're getting shit rolling. It's a program. You nailed it, everybody. That's Daniel G. Harmon. And uh, we are going to play it out with a track off of that Unspoken Ghost record. Volume 1. Volume two, stay tuned. It might be a while, you know, but if you if you hang in for the long game, he's gonna he's gonna provide. I got plenty <laughs> of other bones to break. <laughs> Thanks so much. This Dan. is uh, you're very welcome. This is uh, try your best not to blink. Thank you for uh, hanging, and that's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, Seattle, wherever you are listening from.
Hey, just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their longtime support of this thing. Make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. You can also find the link in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Big thanks to Distro Kid and the other sponsors of the show, Produce Row Cafe and North 45. Stay up, stay tuned.